Oh, God. Tom, I, I hate to say this, mate, but you're looking a bit... You're looking a bit stressed out. Have you been playing too many JRPGs? Uh, no, I never play JRPGs, Matt. Oh, that's weird. I thought you were just looking a bit Shin Megami tense, eh? <laughs> oh, bravo. Oh, on that note, it's Tom Matt Attack. Oh, I like that, Matt. That was good. Well, yeah, you, do you have that all week? When did you come up with that one? I literally came up with it while playing Ghost of Tsushima, thinking about, hey, what am I actually going to talk about on this podcast? Because I've not played thinking, a lot. How am I going to top last week's amazing intro? And I think you might just have done it. Thank you. I try my best. I, I'm here for the puns. Pun life. <laughs> Pun yeah, life, how are you doing? Indeed. You all right? I'm not too bad, cheers. Unfortunately, you know, uh, where, where I live, it gets very warm. I have a particularly warm flat. And whenever we're podcasting, I can't open the window because of frequent planes flying overhead. And I can't turn my fan on because we all know what happens if yes, <laughs> we have we all fans know on. They get picked when... up on the, the microphone. So I've moved my computer further away from me this week to avoid that as well because that fan gets a bit noisy. But I'm roasting. I, I'm I'm sweating. Uh, this is going to be hard work for me. I don't go for workouts. I just do podcasts. That's exactly. You just you hotbox <laughs> with a microphone. Spit truth. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm glad you're okay. Apologies for you slowly cooking yourself. Uh, we but... can't do much about it, really. I should just live somewhere else. I think that's. <laughs> oh God. The moral really of this coming story. to that conclusion. Interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm all right. For Worth as well. Um, mm. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a busy week. We've had guests, and so I haven't really played a lot, if I'm being honest. I mean, I did the biographic that is finally live. I can finally say Go July is finally a thing. I ended up. You really have to it. say that properly to make it work, don't you? You do, yeah. Because otherwise, Go it, July. You got to kind of say it Japanese. Not that I, I mean, did then. Go no, July. you didn't. I mean, if lie. I... Did they say it? They wouldn't say lie. They wouldn't say they no, say they, rai, wouldn't they? They didn't. It would be gojirai or gojurai. Gojurai. But to be honest, yeah. with you, it's a bit of a mouthful to say, and most people are going to mispronounce it. So I just ended up simplifying it, it to uh, gojurai. A funny thing in a Japanese lesson the other week, uh, we were saying a letter to describe a certain class, like a school class, yeah. and it was like, oh, you can't say it like that. That's the English way of saying a. You've got to say it in the Japanese way, yeah. which is. A. Yeah. <laughs> a. Yeah. A. You can't say A. You know no, what I mean? You can't, you can't, you can't uh, say it longer because the Japanese don't say the English language like that. So if you're learning Japanese, I guess it's exactly... If you're learning English and you're Japanese, it's be the same thing. You know, you can't say it the Japanese way. Try and say it the English way. Yes, exactly. But it must be very difficult for them as well, especially when it comes to L's. Yeah, well, I mean, you end up saying yeah. R instead. like. But, yeah. I mean, katakana and uh, foreign words in general uh, are a bane of my existence in when speaking mm. Japanese. Because mm. it just takes so much conscious effort to pronounce to it say them differently. like I would in Japanese instead of just saying it in English. Like, yes. um, 
McDonald'su. Oh God, I can't even say it now. I can't say it unless I'm saying. What were you it. trying to say then? McDonald's. <laughs> you have to say. I have to say it as part of a Japanese sentence. Of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah. Uh, what McDonald'su. Uh, God, wow. I, can't, I can't do it. It's hard. It's really, it's, really yeah, hard. There you go. That's one of the challenges of learning Japanese language. But you're not here to hear about our learning of Japanese. No, you're not. <laughs> I um, though I will, I will take you on a brief stroll uh, through Japanese history in inverted commas with a game called Ghost of Tsushima. Are oh, you still playing it? I've been playing mm. more. Yeah. Um, I have been dipping in and out a bit. It is a very nice palate cleansing game. I will say I've probably had more fun with the photo mode than I've had with the actual game this week. Oh, has... that doesn't say anything bad about the actual game. The actual game's still good. It's just you're pretty into the photo mode. Is that right? Th- well, see, the thing is, right, the thing I think I might have to take my shirt off. game a pass about <laughs> is how gorgeous it looks. And I keep yeah. stopping to admire how good it looks. And... Yeah, it's got a really robust photo mode. It's got lots of like aperture settings, lots of zooms. You can roll the camera. There's Instagram-style filters, so you can bring out the colour a lot more in some backgrounds. Yeah, I've just ended up playing like a lot with the depth of the field and like putting That's environmental interesting. things in. Because, you know, you're going there, you're turning your console on to play a game, but then you end up doing that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean I... that's fun. That, it, yeah, it might be, but uh, I guess the other day I was like turning the console on to play a game, and then Forza Horizon Four said, "Do you want to take a photo of all the cars in 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 the world?" You know, like I was yeah. like, "No, I just want to race. Why do I want to take photos of cars?" <laughs> do yeah. You know what I mean? Well, to be fair, like there's some Each beautiful picturesque things where like I'd mm. climbed up the top of a mountain to visit an Anari shrine, and so I was petting the fox, and there was a castle in the background, and the moon mm. was parting through the clouds, and I was like, oh, photo. Okay. Okay, that that seems, yeah, seems cool, yeah. I will, I will share that photo. Tell you what, Tom Parry, maybe even if I share that photo with you, you can cut up me stroking the fox and use it for the thumbnail, regardless oh, of what I, the title Oh, I'd is. love to do that. Let's yeah. do that. Let's make it a collaboration. Yeah, hey, so I'm, I'm a professional person. I'm a professional cutter-outer of things in Photoshop. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what it says on your business cards, right? Professional yeah. cutter-outer. Um, yeah, so I, the photo mode is very robust. It's very nice to kind of play around with. It's probably one of the better photo modes I've seen in a game. I know Horizon Zero Dawn apparently has a good one, so I'd be curious to see, actually, if it's the same photo mode as in Horizon, because it's still a Sony studio. So even though Gorilla and Sucker Punch are completely different entities... We've seen yeah. in the past certain Sony studios like yeah. Santa Monica sharing things with other yeah. studios and whatever. So. It, it says a lot about how good games look nowadays that they have photo modes at all. Yes. Uh, and I've seen uh, Twitter accounts where people just, you know, predominantly post photos from games. You know, they yeah. call themselves gaming photographers. Yeah. You know, they photograph things in a game world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is a fairly new thing, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. Or is it? Or have I just not heard well, about I, I, it? Well, I mean, I think it's something that's obviously the advent of photo modes in games has kind of brought mm. this about. Like, without yeah. these robust tools in the game, then this wouldn't be an option. But I think people have been doing stuff like this for a long time, man. I mean, even back as Well, when far... they're playing Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. Oh, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. Why wouldn't you save a cheeky photo for later? But no, my point is like uh, with like machinima and stuff. When people started making their own animations in games, ah, uh, yeah, think yeah, when more of a, tools... a PC thing then. Yeah, until more tools... recently, where it's broken out into consoles a bit. 
while I think consoles have allowed you to do more robust things with it, I think yeah. in the old days when I used to take photos in Halo on the PC, uh, that was, I could get a mod for my sniper rifle, so like the sniper stuff wouldn't appear, so you could zoom in and yeah. stuff and take photos. Yeah. But I, I'm Are you ready to segue? Because we'd have a great segue here. Go for it, Tom. I can, because I can maybe, back. would you really want to take photos of Halo Infinite? Oh, God. Okay, no, we're not segueing to that yet. Let me just finish up this thought of Ghost of Tsushima. I thought, you had, something, I thought you had something interesting to talk about. Is, no, is oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. Um, no, I, so I've played a lot of Ghost of Tsushima now, I think. I, I've probably played over 10 hours of it, probably in total. Just like half hour every day, just kind of nipping on, doing a little side quest, and then getting out again for it. Obviously, Ooh, a little well, side quest. Ooh. It is very much early Assassin's Creed, Tom. I don't think I stressed that enough last week. This is samurai Assassin's Creed. Even the, the climbing mechanics are as janky as I remember so, early Assassin's Creed climbing mechanics to be. So what's happened to Assassin's Creed lately? Has the gameplay changed significantly? Was it from Origins yes. onwards, Origins yes. and Odyssey are a very different type of game. It's kind of an action RPG now, from what I understand. There's lots of okay. like leveling and gear score and stuff in that series now, which is not something I really enjoyed when I played the brief bit of Origins I did. Uh, I got Origins for 10 quid off Amazon the other week. Yeah. I thought, oh, that's all right, isn't it? Quid's in. Let's try mm-hmm. that. I heard it's like... Kotaku did a list of like best Assassin's Creed games, and I think that came second only to Black Flag. Yeah. Um, so I was led to believe it's worth playing. I, I mean, I know people who only play Assassin's Creed. Uh, a good friend, wow. Paul, wow. is that's the only game he plays. When they release a new Assassin's Creed, he will just play Assassin's Creed. So, I mean, that's the kind of game it is, isn't there. it? So, so big. You see, I, I, I like to play lots of different things, and I have to play lots of different things. Yeah. For what, what I do for the podcast, and also if I'm doing like these live streams. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to put some variety into it, so yeah. No, but I, I, it's a it's a big game. From what I understand, the most interesting thing of why I've wanted to pick Origins back up, I rented it from the library and I didn't really get mm. into it. I was like, okay, this is massive. I haven't got time for this. Mm. Was Good that, price now if you want to buy it. Yeah, but there was a, a DLC that let you explore the world like a museum. So they turned all the combat mm. off and you can just walk around and they've put all of the like research and like guided audio to say hey they, like we looked into this with the pyramids we yeah this super fast they always do though don't they they yeah. always put effort into the historical accuracy of it yeah and so they yeah. actually like introduced the museum mode i don't know if they did that in odyssey obviously because it's a bit more of a fancy setting but definitely that exists with origins where you can like go into the pyramids and they'll talk to you about i think egypt is Egypt's fascinating yes. it always fascinated me and i think that's a great setting for assassin's creed game yeah, I mean, it's why yeah. historically a on British syllabuses, right, for kids, is because it's oh, a yeah. fascinating thing. There's lots of, like, interesting oh, yeah. myth stuff. There's lots of, like, gory things. If you're trying to keep kids entertained, do perhaps... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, One of my favourite school projects. Are they also, like, the ancient Greeks as well, which I guess I've got with Odyssey, because you've got yeah. all the Greek mythology, which is... Uh, yeah, yeah fantastic stuff which, like which Cerberus is my favourite like mythology like I, I love Greek mythology stuff I used to mm. read it a lot when I was a kid I used to watch Hercules the animated series because it had a lot of Greek mythology references and things oh. in it obviously and used to like play in God of War I did not <laughs> ironically <laughs> no you didn't yeah um, anyways what? so it is what it is I think if you mm. if you miss those old Assassin's Creed games like I did I think a Syndicate was probably the last one of those 
then this will probably be right mm. up your street. It's a good, I'm going to listen to a podcast and jump around game. Though, the I, I feel the story beats are a bit lacking, if I'm being honest. They seem like, okay. it, it just seems like samurai tropes. And I feel like I've experienced a lot of these oh. within watching shit tons of samurai movies. So what are you going to do? You're going to finish it? You're going to put the time in to get to the end of the game? Or? Let's see. Honestly, like I, I'm just enjoying like dipping in and out of it. I think it's a very nice game in how it's paced to play it for mm. half an hour and then just go about my day. So that's that's cool. I like games like that. I, I found um, Yakuza a bit like that. Yes. Because Yakuza. there's a lot of save points in Yakuza, isn't yes. it? You can do a little thing and then save. It's not like Shenmue where you, you want to play for about an hour. You do it like a day Yeah. on Shenmue 3, for instance. Um yeah, I, I kind of like these pick-up-and-play type. Me too. As you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, so shall we just get into the Microsoft stuff then? Shall we? Just... Let's do that. And I'd just like to address at the beginning, I don't have a problem with Halo Infinite. I think it looks fine. But I know there's been a lot of uh, people talking about it. It's not quite what they were expecting. They expected to be wowed, and people weren't wowed by Halo Infinite. At least what they showed. I just... I don't know, man. Like... I It didn't I went... wow me, but I thought it looked fun. It looked very classic Halo. Obviously, they're going for the nostalgia, yeah. aren't they? There with creating a world that looks very similar to that initial uh, first time in Halo 1 where you enter the, the more open world. Yeah. You, always, you start off on that ship, don't you? Then it's mm-hmm. like then it opens Pillar up as you go down to the... The, is that the ring you're on? You're on yeah, the ring, aren't you? It looks like you're on a ring, and like I don't yeah. know, man. Like, it's very hard for me, almost twenty years later, to get excited about Halo. Mm. I, well, yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a very fair point because what's new that hasn't been done before, and obviously they're going to want to make it fresh but they look like they're going to try and play to the nostalgia of the franchise and yeah i think for the most part what microsoft were trying to do in this uh, stream was just trying to stress that we have got these iconic ips we've got fable and we've got halo yeah they couldn't show any gears i guess it's too early to be showing a gears game at this point but also showing we've we've got other studios now who've created iconic franchises like double fine with Psychonauts. You yeah, know, but Psychonauts so. is coming out on everything. Like, that's not just that. System. I thought it, they own Double Fine now, Microsoft. They own Microsoft Double Game Fine, Studio. yes. Yeah. But if you remember, Psychonauts 2 was backed by Fig. And, like, it was funded for all consoles. And to be honest with you, with a lot of this stuff, like, Halo Infinite's going to be on Steam. I don't think Microsoft are really that bothered about exclusives anymore. They just want you in their ecosystem. So I, I would be curious to see how that plays out. And I mean, I would be. I thought it was exclusive see... now, no? No, it isn't. Hmm. The the they did a world premiere thing before it because it was technically a world premiere of a trailer, but no, it isn't. Oh exclusive. yes, yeah, it will be announced on previously. Well, that's good. Sorry, I, I was I was just thinking that they'd made that their own now, but no. Nope. No, I mean it was it was backed and paid for long before uh, Double Fine had been purchased by Microsoft. So sure, sure. I know it's been developed for um, quite some quite time, a few hasn't years. it? Now? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that game looks all right. Uh, I don't know, man. Like even Fable, even like oh, we're doing another Fable. I I like been there, Fable. done that kind of thing. I, I played Fable one and was massively disappointed by the the Peter Molyneux hype. 
And like, I mm. bought an Xbox for that game, and then surprise, surprise, Halo Two was actually the game I, I ended up loving on that. System. I think now they could realize what Peter Molyneux was talking about back then, couldn't they? You know that you'd be able to really leave an indelible mark upon the world. Like he was talking about how things would sort of stay there. You know, you you, you would chop down a tree or something, yeah. and it would. It would it would disappear, you know, and would grow back, I guess. But you wouldn't see that because that would take forever. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I, I was listening to an American podcast the other day, and they were talking about like they compared the humor of Fable to Shrek, and I was like, oh, that's a that's that's a pretty good comparison. And I don't know yeah. if I need that anymore. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, um, it's not quite Shrek. Uh, I think it, I think it is. But it's <laughs> goofy British humour. Just people calling people chicken chasers and speaking with the oh, Irish that, accent. The thing I remember most about Fable is the chicken chaser. Chicken yeah. chaser. Oh god. Yeah. But like, I, honestly, I've played through Fable one, two, and I think I beat three. I can't tell you a lick about the stories. I can remember the town stuff and like the the progression through the town and like you building up a town in in Fable two that I thought was good. Yeah, but I can't remember anything about the story. Something about magic, and guild, the, the, the guild. It's a guild, isn't it? You, you yeah, join the. There um, is a guild, and then yeah, you have to build like yourself destiny, up as a good or a bad person. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know, man. It it never really. I never really. I'm loved sure the there story. are. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there though who have got excited about a new fable, but oh, absolutely. Uh, it's all very much like there's going to be a new fable. That's about it. That's all we know. We don't yeah. know anything about the gameplay, how it's going to differ from the original games. Or yeah, yeah, I I don't know. We don't know much, and and that's an overriding feeling I have about the whole of Microsoft's um, stream. Yeah, we still know very little. We saw some Halo gameplay. But I mean, it's cool to see gameplay. I've, I've since heard it's been confirmed that wasn't running on an Xbox One Series really? X. It was running on a PC, as uh, they never really stated what was running on the Xbox. And yeah. it would seem that a lot of that stuff, or maybe all that stuff, was running on a PC. And, and the question is, why? why? Why why, do that? Don't you want to sort of show what your console's going to be putting out? Well, this is the thing, Tom. I don't think they care anymore, because they, like I said, I think they just want you in the Microsoft ecosystem. Like That's why the Steam pages exist. I'm sure they'll very happily sell you a very expensive box, but I don't yeah, think they really care. Yeah, maybe they don't care because all these games are going to come out on PC, aren't they? Yeah. And I mean, like, the thing was uh, Xbox Series X showcase event. Admittedly, that was the title of the thing we were watching. Mm. But it's also like, well, from what I hear comparably, the rumours are the Xbox Series X, from what they've said, is, is pretty much a high-end PC anyways, so... I don't know. I mean... Yeah, you want to know the specifics of the console. You want to know how that differs from just playing these games on a PC. What's the console experience? Because you're trying to sell us the console. Yeah. Because um, the games can be playable, as we said, on PC anyway. So, so why would we want the Xbox Series X console? That's what they maybe should have focused on a little bit more. Yeah, I I, I don't know, man. Like, what what excited you about that? conference because i mean i'm looking down a list of games here on GameSpot well, has an article see. to say hey, what excited me about it uh, uh fantasy star <laughs> that game's <laughs> 10 years old at this point yeah and you can already... but the fact it's actually coming to the west at last and it seems to be exclusive for the nope 
Xbox not Series either. X now. Not true either, Tom it's Parry. It's on it PC. Is, it is available on the PlayStation 4 event, uh, PlayStation 4 and 5 potentially as well, later down the line. Oh, well, but it's not been confirmed that that's going to get a, yes, a it has. Western release. Has yes, it, it has. Okay. All right, yep. well, I didn't know that. Yep. Um, the the uh, Balan Wonderland. What Wonderland? Looks interesting. That, this is the Yuji Naka game. Oh, the game they announced between... in the pre. Yeah, it does look interesting. Looks like a cross between Billy Hatcher and Knights to me. Obviously, he's yes. got the same character design. I, 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 I know he worked on Knights. If he worked on Billy Hatcher or not, I'm not sure, but it looks like he did. Yeah, I think um, so. I, I think it's... Is this a... more, those open worlds, that platforming, made me think of Billy Hatcher. And, of course, a lot of the character design was very um, similar to Knights, as you would expect from the same guy. Yeah, of course. I, to, be, to be totally transparent, though, while I would... I would argue there's probably, if not the best thing showed, and ironically it wasn't even shown in that in the hour-long press conference or whatever it was, it was shown in a preview mm. when, before it. Mm. I am also kind of a bit gun-shy with Yuji Naka games because I played <laughs> Rodeo the Sky Soldier, uh, and that game yeah, is not very good. Yeah, but which because... The Wii U versions are meant to be very good, but I I had limited fun with the Wii version, which was meant to be the better game. I I don't think I played the Wii version because I had the it came yeah. together. So I just yes, the that's Wii right. One. But but the the general consensus is the Wii version is a superior game to the Wii U version. Okay, so but that's I, the one you should have been playing. I'm not going to lie to you, Tom. <laughs> like my God, I'm so so negative on this podcast, but like. Me playing that Wii U version of that game yeah. didn't really fill me with any curiosity to play the Wii version. <laughs> like, no. Well, well, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I won't say the it's a definitely a must-play, but it's got some unique mechanics. Um, yeah. yeah. It can be quite fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's actually called Balan Wonderworld. Sorry, I think I yeah, said Balan Wonderland Wonder before. World. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. a bit confused. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Everwild. Everwild. Ever, I, ah, I, from Rare. I, from Rare. This is an Xbox exclusive. That is an Xbox exclusive. Well, I mean, uh, probably on PC, but yes. Yes. A yes. Microsoft exclusive, technically. Yeah. I I really thought that game kind of looked cool. I. It did look nice. I but mean, what, what does it play like? We don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but I'm curious. At least it looked like, I don't know. Maybe Pokemon aspect with the creatures, at least yeah, in like you raising possible. and fighting with them. Do um, you think it's going to play like Breath of the Wild? Is it going to be Rare's answer to Breath of the Wild? I would imagine it's probably a third-person Sea of Thieves, if I'm being honest, in a in a fantasy setting. But mm. let's see. Yeah, I don't know. There were people possible. twirling incense and like bringing things back to life, and I was like, okay, what is this game? This looks interesting. I love a bit of incense twirling. Exactly. Um, in my games. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like that, that I think was the only game from an art point of view and a what the hell's going on in this trailer point of view that I was like, oh, okay, this this could be something cool. Um, I, to be fair, I also thought the trailer for the gunk looked quite cool. Yes, as this well. is from SteamWorld people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then as soon as I heard it was the SteamWorld people, I was like, okay, I'm there for that. I'll play that game. Hmm. Yeah. There, there, there's that one coming from Obsidian called Grounded. Looks a bit like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You know, yeah, you've got that, the, that looked all right. That could be that could be fun. It looks like 
a, a, a kid's version of Monster Hunter was kind of the vibe I got from it. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. That could could be where they're going with it, yeah. Uh, so, and uh, also from Obsidian uh, Avowed. Uh, yes. That looked like it could be quite impressive. It's a big open-world first-person fantasy game. I'm not a big fan of Skyrim and Bethesda No, games, neither but... am I. It looks like it could be one of those games which will become very popular, though, if it's done oh, well, sure. which I assume I mean... it will be. But Let's be honest, Skyrim has sold like a billion copies on every console it's ever come out on, so I, I'm sure there's definitely a massive audience out there for Avowed that would be excited with it. And I mean, mm. it should be exclusive to Xbox Series X, so to be honest with you, I, it's probably a more exciting announcement for me than Fable and Halo, even though... I'm not really that interested in it. it. It looks like they're trying to do something new and attract a new audience, which is cool. Yeah. Senua's uh Visually, saga. Hellblade looked good. Hellblade yeah, I was two. Say, yeah, you and I read each other's mind. I, I Senua Saga Hellblade two looks good. Set yeah. in Iceland. So, not there's no sign of Peter Andre. It's fine. The actual Iceland, not the the supermarket chain for British listeners. Marvels. Yeah, they, they look good. I like the first one. I'll, I'll play another game of that. Why not? Uh, I think, actually, going back to your first question, what impressed me the most, because I was struggling to think, uh, Tetris Effect Connected got me most excited. It's not something that can only be done on Xbox Series X, but uh, as a game, yeah. and being able to finally play Tetris Effect online multiplayer, I think that's... That's pretty huge. But that's just going to be a DLC for Tetris Effect. Like, is that the, is confirmed? Yes, it's not a that, standalone. No, you, that you is, don't have to um, buy that one. Launch exclusive, I think, or well, like exclu- timed exclusive for the Xbox. But it will be out because it's not I been think. on Xbox before, has it? This is quite no, a breakthrough because this is a. They won't release the original Tetris Effect, but they will release connected. But you'll be able to get connected for your PS4 version. Yes, is what I hear. Okay. Okay, well, that, I'm happy about that. That's made me most happy about anything. That's, yeah. But that's just reinforcing the fact I don't need an Xbox Series X. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think Forza looked amazing. As uh, yeah, yeah you can't deny that it looked good, what they showed. <laughs> and they, they did confirm that was running in-game engine. Yes, exactly. Hmm. But again, to your question, is that Xbox Series X or is that a really high-end PC Yes, we don't know for certain, do we? Did it say specifically if that was running on the Series X? They said it was in-game engine, but was that Series X or was it running on a PC? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think they said it was running on Series X, did they? No. I don't think so. I can't Mm. remember, if I'm being totally honest. State of Decay 3 and Warhammer 40k Dark Tide aren't Oh, yes. Dark Tide says it on the title. It's Vermintide, but different. It's 40,000 Vermintide. But zombies, so it's probably a bit So it's of... chaos. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, you're fighting those chaos freaky characters, perhaps. Yeah. I th- hey, Vermintide's good, but I just, I, it's not for me. I don't play online games that much anymore. I'm mm-hmm. sure it has an audience. Vermintide is good. Uh, but saying that, I haven't felt like playing it for, for quite some time. Yeah, State of Decay 3 also, like, I know people who love State of Decay 1 and 2, I really like the mm. first one, I just don't, I, I can't do zombie games, I feel like I've been there and done that, that's why I didn't buy mm, Days Gone. Mm, mm. It's so, happening, but we still don't know what it looks like, because that was a cinematic yeah, trailer as opposed I, to gameplay. I, I feel that way about a lot of stuff that was shown, though, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard to get 
too excited about it. And in, in, if you compare this to Sony's press conference, that was exciting. I, I don't. What was it exactly about Sony's press conference that's exciting? That Ratchet and Clank, for instance, showed off how that solid state drive is going to work. It showed off why you should get a PS Five. Yes. Um, there were memorable things in that. Uh, one that press conference. Uh, enjoyed seeing. Oh, well, I've gone blank now. I, I'm enjoy- I did enjoy that press conference. I mean, uh, Horizon was was shown off, wasn't it? Yeah. Go on. What were your standouts from the Sony one? <sighs> Ratchet and Clank. Honestly, was the Ratchet one and that like, did really... to my mind. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I can't really think of much. If I'm being totally honest, I was trying oh, to think of me. This the I, other I was day. about to say, you know, it blew it Microsoft's out of the water, but uh... you can't think of anything that was shown there. Um, maybe I just see my memory. Spider Man looked good. Um, yeah, Spider Man, Spider Man. Again, man, like I, I don't know. Is this a sign that neither of these big conferences have blown us away? But I mean, to be honest with you, from what I heard about the Microsoft one, I imagine it's probably the same as the Sony one. Is that a lot of stuff that probably should have been there wasn't because of COVID and like how it's mm. affected everything going on at the moment i mean oh here we go demon soul remake bugs. gran turismo 7 bug snacks bug snacks bug snacks that could that had a catchy song that's why that was memorable yeah. it, um astro's playroom did look fun it's also going to be a packing game right we'll yeah <laughs> um i don't know man like there was death loop as well uh, Dirt Five, Far Cry Six. No, that was in the. No, Ubisoft that was in the Ubisoft Far Cry event. Six. Yeah, yeah. I hate this whole like this is E three season. Oh, Gran Turismo. Yeah, Gran Turismo Seven. I said that. Yeah, sorry, I missed that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, Horizon did look cool. Horizon looked uh, cool. To be honest, be Ratchet and Clank is still the standout of that presentation for me. That showed. And the, hey. yeah, the reason it showed what you could do on this generation. Exactly. Like, other than, hey, look at these games. Don't they look slightly prettier than the ones you've seen on the, the PS4 Pro? Pragmata. I can't even remember that. That is the one with the astronaut. It's Capcom. Isn't oh, it? yeah. yeah. That looked. In- uh, but that just looked like a It did look Capcom interesting. Game. That was a memorable thing. Yeah. I remembered the, the visual. You know, it looked. The- the game everyone on Twitter was saying is probably Kojima, and then it turned out to be Capcom. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Look. Yeah. Look, Kojima. I don't yeah, know. Uh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil looked cool. Oh yeah. Sackboy's big adventure was a PS5 exclusive. Nope. Didn't care about that. I haven't cared about uh, it for a long while. Yeah, I guess that's an example of um, Sony going for like nostalgia in a way. Or younger gamers, because to be fair, younger trying to make sure gamers. it's something for them. The cat thing, Stray, oh, there was a cat God, game. The cat game was amazing. Oh, there we go. Okay, you remember the cat game that. now. Yeah. But to be fair, if you probably were to sit down and do a pound for pound of like us going, oh, that looked good, that looked good. Oh, I'm not interested in that. It probably stacks up. I don't think there was that much in these two conferences, if we're being totally honest. Hmm. I still think um, Tom Parry. This generation is going to come down to price. We're hard to please, though, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, coming down to price, 
Quite possibly, yeah. And that is the the big thing that has still not been revealed. We have no launch dates, and it's, it's almost August. We have no launch yeah, dates. Yeah, very peculiar, isn't it? No launch dates, no prices. No prices. These consoles, I think the Xbox One Series X is... Well, I, I assume we're, we're talking about November, aren't we? November, December for these consoles. One would guess. I mean, from what I remember, Wii U was a December launch. Xbox mm. 360 was end of November, December launch. Yeah. Um, PlayStation 3 was roughly November. You were working in games retail then, do you remember? PlayStation 3? Yeah, I mean... The Switch... No, I don't remember. No, about... Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Switch came out in March. I remember that because it was a, the or pretty much Easter when I was playing Breath of the Wild. Mm. Um, I got Well, they've my... said they're coming out before the end of the year, and, and, and traditionally it's been November, December, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that tends to be the big launch window for, like, your Call of Duties and stuff as well, right? Like October, yeah, yeah. November time. Yeah. Let's see, Tom. I'm still, I'm still waiting for a price. I'm still waiting to see if I actually bother to pay, however much this is for a console at launch this time. Because yeah. I don't know. That's it, isn't it? Hey, going back to Halo. Yeah. Do you think that maybe Halo didn't impress people so much because it's not been a game designed specifically for the Series X? It's been designed to play Xbox One. Also, I you th- think that's maybe a a point worth making here that some of those games were um, um, legacy, legacy yeah. don't they? They say it will play on both. I, I think that could have held Halo no, back. I, to be honest with you, no. Be, purely because Breath of the Wild, right? If we use Breath of the Wild as mm. an example. Okay. I was floored by that game and how mm. it worked. And that game runs on a Wii U. I don't think mm. it's anything to do with that. I think, to be honest with you, people are giving Halo Infinite a hard time. I think it looks fine. Like I'm not. Yeah. Again, I. It, it looks like the Halo of old, but I just it needs to be something more than that for me. The same reason, like Force Awakens, even though I liked it at the time, I don't look back with it really fond memories. Going, oh look at that, yeah. they made another Star Wars movie. It, it mm. would need to be something radically different for me. What. Di- Something that might have been a clue was when you looked at an overhead map, and that map looked very big. Yes. And you were maybe putting waypoints on that map. Do you think this is possibly an open world Halo game? And what would you think about that if it, if it was I not mean, a traditional level based game? It would be interesting. I mean, they 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 actually announced Stalker Two, um, which is mm, yes a series I've long been curious about because I think I've only. The only time I've ever played Stalker 1 on the PC was my mate Dan had it. And we played, he was full into it and he showed it off to me. And I thought it was amazing. So I thought it was leaps and bounds above anything that was going on on the console. Mm. Because it was a big open world. It was environmental storytelling. There was lots of cool stuff happening that I didn't really see in anything. Probably until Bioshock. And to be honest with you, I don't think Bioshock really captured that feel that Stalker did either. I would be interested in an open world game. It just... As long as... The issue I'm having with Ghost of Tsushima right now is, right, I go to a place, I kill a lot of people, I see a little bit of story, and then I move on with my life. There's no... There's nothing Mm. there that's different from me saving someone from a load of Mongols to me 
going into a camp full of bandits. They're doing these things. Like essentially, the the goal will always be the same: enter confrontation, resolve confrontation, get reward. Like there's nothing more to it than that. And I think if they can hmm. do something interesting with that open world, so I'm not just running around and much like you would in Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3. I'm not just driving from point A to point B on a warthog, occasionally stopping off to shoot some Covenant on the way from point A to point B. I would be interested. If it is just a bigger map and that same Halo experience, I wouldn't be. I think it... I don't know if they change it radically, but something about calling it infinite as opposed to Halo 6 might imply that they're going to do something different with it infinite seems like infinite possibilities and infinitely changing map but then wouldn't they have mentioned that by now yes it was going to be that and also tom parry you and i have worked in big companies we understand marketing Hmm. infinite is probably used because it draws those things in your mind of like wow it's infinite like think about no man's sky think about all the Hmm. hype around no man's sky about like procedurally generated planets and like people going wow you Hmm. can go everywhere and because um hello games didn't get out there in front of that and like really try and hamper expectations to say no this is going to be an exploratory game and yes there are things but you can only do x y and z yeah expectation built i don't think that's really happened with Halo because it hasn't because we haven't heard enough about Hollywood anything about it really they've not hyped it up at all and to be honest with you that kind of scares me because they've not been out there talking about how you're going to be able to do this and that and the other so yeah yeah why it's just gameplay with no explanation no I honestly I think it's just them trying to not call it Halo 6 okay and maybe I I, yeah it's not going to be a be like no man's sky and be a sort of games as a service type thing it might be like destiny to be honest with you because like that's perhaps the nearest comparison but wouldn't it be ironic if halo turned into destiny yes yes the game that bungie left (laughs) that would be hilarious actually wouldn't it (laughs) it would be ridiculous because to be honest with you i got vibes of the destiny 2 bad guy off the new halo dude so it wouldn't surprise I wouldn't me. want Halo to turn into Destiny because people play Halo because maybe they prefer a more traditional story-driven Agreed. game. Because Destiny is terrible at telling any sort of story. Yes. And Halo has always been about telling some sort of story. Yeah, but to be fair... Well, it sort of evolved, as you said last week, up yeah. its own arse, I think you said. Yeah, I <laughs> put that on the box. It's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick by that. And that's what I was about to say, like... I think I think Destiny is the way Destiny is because of the way Halo evolved. And they were relying on so much side content, be that comics, be that like mm. anime, be that the books and novelizations. Like the Destiny kind of fell into that same trap with like grimoire cards and stuff where they had all mm. this really interesting lore and story to tell. But mm. it was like pushed off to the sides. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I have to say, though, I really thought Halo Reach was good in terms of story. Halo Halo Reach my... is great. I mean, ODST is still my favourite game. It is such a small, yeah. self-contained story. It's perfect. I love ODST. I must, I must play it. I've never really played ODST. You know, you know me. I've only just got around to playing Halo Three. So. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, give it another. <laughs> but three I did years. play through Reach. I, I did at the time. That says something about how good I thought Reach was. I didn't stop playing it. And I played it single player. I didn't play it cooperatively either. So that must say something. You should play ODST. It's not very long. It's very good. 
Okay. There ODST we go. is literally about advice. five hours long, Tom. It's not very long. It's short, contained, concise narrative. It's really good. There we go. If you haven't played ODST yet, what are you waiting for? Exactly. Get on it. Secret best Halo game. <laughs> um, Marvellous. Yeah. So that's it. That, that's all, yeah. We can't get particularly excited about it. One thing I will say is Microsoft, make your controllers a little bit easier to open up and uh, clean because I've got a sticky button on my <laughs> Xbox One controller. Oh, and no. I watched a video about how to take one apart and it seems incredibly dangerous and difficult. I would um, imagine... Not like the um, Switch controller, which was actually fairly straightforward to, to take apart and, and fix, because I had a sticky button problem with that as well. So Yeah. What is it with me and sticky buttons? I bought that second hand, so uh, it was sticky upon arrival. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, this is what happens when you buy second hand controllers. You need, you need to get a box fresh and make sure they're not touched by anyone. Cause yeah, like... but they're expensive, aren't they? I wonder if Microsoft made these things so difficult to get into, so rather than try and fix it, you'll have to buy another one. I mean, potentially, but I mean, also, it's probably just because there's so much going on in that controller, like with all the Bluetooth and there's a microphone and all there's of this stuff. There's a lot going on, yeah, but there's no, like, screws on it. You have to snap off shells. You have to pry things open with uh, screwdrivers and snap bits off before you actually get to screws. One of the screws is hidden behind a sticker at the, in the battery compartment. So yeah. they weren't thinking that anyone would ever want to no, I, I, get I mean, inside this thing. Well, so I mean, they can sell their own custom controllers, probably. Yeah, who knows, Tom? There's probably business decisions. There's also anyway, probably, assume... if you have easily accessible uh, screws, in my experience, you tend to fiddle with things. And they're probably like, no, don't. This is a really delicate piece of machinery. Don't break it. <laughs> I think like the you. PlayStation 4 control looks like you can get in it. I reckon you probably could, because to be honest with you, it's probably not changed that the much screws. since the DualShock, so... Mm. I don't know. I've got. I've actually got a lot of like pre-owned DualShocks on their way to me at the moment. I literally bought a lot for the first time the other day. What? Why do you need loads? Well, so, controls? right, listen to me. I... I I ended up buying, and I've said this to my lovely lady wife, and I've apologised. I ended up buying a load of crap um, of broken consoles the other day, just yeah, just because, right? So there was a, a PS One, a PS Two, a SNES, um, like eight or nine Dual Shocks. Um, well, which one? Uh, which Dual Shock? Lots of them. So Dual Shock One, oh. Dual Shock Two, but also like color varieties of DualShock as well. Like, there's the transparent DualShock for the PlayStation 1 in there. And, like, mm. one or two of the the different colored PS2 ones. And I I bought this lot. It cost me, like, a tenner. So, like, it isn't that expensive. But I bought it purely because it had a Watara supervision in the lot. Uh, which yeah. is... Well, it had two variations of that console. Uh, they're apparently both uh, defective, but they're from what I've seen on YouTube, they're relatively easy to fix. Hmm. But it had a lot of Supervision games, like five or six cartridges, and they're pretty rare to get hold of. Mm, like, okay, so you got a load of junk along with something you actually wanted. Yeah, pretty much. Like, But you can make use of the junk. Well, I can make use of the Supervision games, sure. I have a Watara Supervision that works. Um you can take one. those PlayStation controllers apart and, you know, maybe put the 
the the, the what am I saying? The casings on another controller. I might do, yeah. Let's yeah. see. Let's see how much faff that actually is. But to be honest with you, I, I, I bought it for it the super shot stuff. And the the Super Nintendo is literally marked as junk because it's missing the faceplate on the top of it. Oh. But But it worked. You don't know. I don't know if it works. The guy maybe... didn't have cables for it. But at the same time Oh well you you could get a, if it's uh, got... a working Super Nintendo, but do you need another Super Nintendo? If it's got, I mean, got the... a lot. <laughs> what's it called? The bloody chip in it. Oh yes, okay. Some of the models. The earlier models of the SNES had a, a better chip that gave better visuals. I think it, it's or? later models, from what I remember. Is it yeah. later? Okay. I can't even remember the blinking name of it. Anyway, I don't know. I've seen these comparison videos, but I've never really felt like I needed to no, get this. I haven't either. Version. They tend to be really expensive. It's F1 chip or something like that. Yeah, something. Oh like god, that. it's really annoying. I can't remember the name of it. I'm not going to look it up because it'll take. Too I much think time. our listeners might know. What, what I, most of them are probably to, yeah. screaming at us through the audio but anyway i bought one of those like i was looking into buying one because they're easier to mod for proper hd output and they they work a lot nicer with the frame meister so it would have been an ah, option for okay, me to get yeah. one of these you super nintendos with this chip and yeah. then get a super game boy 2 and then run that way like mod it so it would take japanese games and then just play around yeah. with it but i Looks like at the moment that Analog may be announcing pre-orders for the Analog uh, Mini tomorrow. So oh, the Game the Boy pocket. thing. Yeah, yeah. So I will, mm. I will jump on that, and then all of my but, woes will be taken away from me anyway. You no doubt about that. You're getting it. Hundred percent getting it. If it if it lives yeah. up to the hype that they're saying, if it actually can em, well, it doesn't emulate. It's hardware. If it can, yeah. If it can. If it can match the quality of a Game Boy, but output in full HD, a it makes my life so much easier for capturing yes, footage. Absolutely. But b theoretically, it should allow me to capture footage of games that I haven't been able to, like uh, Zaz or um, Angel Marlow. Or there's lots of games that use the refresh rate of the original Game Boy screen. That when mm. you put things into a Game Boy Advance, are pretty much unplayable because they can't replicate that. And if this mm -hmm. is using original hardware components of the Game Boy, it should be able to. Yeah. Oh, it's exciting, exciting times. But you must be. Angel Marlow is a cracking Game Boy game. It's by Tecmos. It is out yeah. of this world. I've tried to cover it through various means since I bought it, and I can't. I could use the HDMI boy, but like the the weird mod they did to that bloody console that like flicks the grey values really wrecks the oh, visuals yeah. and so yeah. I've not wanted to cover it in that format I can't get even with uh, using Swiss and like low latency mods and stuff for the Game Boy player I can't get it to run that way and so hopefully mm -hmm. the analog pocket will finally allow me the ability to do that otherwise I'll Amazing. just buy Super Famicom next time in Japan and do it on a Super Game Boy I think uh huh okay yeah, but cool. Yeah, let's see. Have you been buying and playing anything else, Tom Parry, or should we wrap up? No, I I, I have uh, kind of briefly talk about the forest, which I played through with some some friends recently. We we've gone through the whole thing. Oh, really? You've you've completed? It. What's your what's your verdict? Well, I think we've completed it. It's a very interesting game. Of course, for those that know the forest, it's an open world survival game with a, with a story. There is a goal that you're working towards, and that is. Uh, rescuing 
little Timmy. So right. you crash, uh, plane crash, in this uh, strange place full of these mutant creatures. Uh, you're surviving against them. There's a day and night cycle, but your ultimate goal is to find uh, your kid, Timmy. Yeah. And so the main game of the forest would be exploring the game's caves because a lot of the um, progression in the game and the items you need to collect to advance are contained within caves. Right. So what what we've done, rather than... Initially, we were focusing on the survival aspect, you know, sort of a Minecraft-type way, you're crafting things, building forts, holding back the uh, mutants. But if you want the game to continue, you want to find a little bit more about the game's story, yeah. then you go into these uh, caves, various places in the game where you find uh, little bits, notes and evidence of what might be going on, and it all gets very intriguing. religious image storytelling. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, religious imagery around, so obviously some sort of religious connotations with this. What's going on? Um, these mutants, where have they come from? Yeah. So I don't know if... You, can we get into spoilers? Because I can certainly... I've not played the game, but let's just say how long do you reckon it's going to take you? Ten minutes? Less. Okay. Let, let's, let's say next five minutes to be safe then. Our spoilers for The Forest on the PS4 and Steam. Okay. So so basically, near the end of the game, after you've... Because um, you need... There's a big sinkhole in the world that right. you, you need to get to the bottom of, basically. So if you find the right cave, you can get into the bottom. It also involves getting the climbing axe as well. So that's a very important tool that you need to right. complete the game. Uh, there are loads of objects you can get. Lots don't really help you uh, progress. They're just like additional things, like a chainsaw yeah. for chopping down trees and stuff, and you can find that. Katana's well worth finding, because that slices up the enemies quite well. But the climbing act is something you need. Once you've got that, you can travel down um, to the bottom of the sinkhole, and then, then you swim downwards, use a climbing axe, eventually you end up in a lab. Right. So, oh, right, okay, what's been happening here at this lab? And this is where all the creatures have come from. Uh, they look to be experimenting on how to maybe bring people back to life, perhaps. Okay. Uh, but it's gone wrong. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, they seem to have specifically wanted children for these experiments. So um, you, you see evidence of that in the lab, that a lot of these places have been um, housing children, yeah. basically. And... Uh, that that's initially is obviously quite interesting, and you've then you find that the, the corpse of this guy who was all red who took away Timmy at the beginning, okay, and he's been seemingly killed, possibly by this little girl, who's who's there. She's still alive and she's about in the lab, right. but she did something wrong with her. Um, you find this weird sort of like. Uh, chamber that they seem to have excavated from the island right which is uh which you open up and you find timmy in there like some sort of sacrifice and he's dead oh wow and you're like oh crap so i've come all this way and he's dead this this chamber thing is connected to this uh, machinery so this very old world looking thing right uh like the, the, a relic that they, they've unearthed and brought into this lab and it seems to maybe have some properties where it brings people back to life. Perhaps they were taking life force from one thing to the other. Perhaps they, it, you definitely need a child to use this machine. Yeah. Because when Timmy dies, 
you've got his corpse. You plug him in to this uh, bed, which is plugged into the machine, and then it asks for a live specimen to put into the machine to hopefully bring Timmy back to life. Okay. So eventually you go into this large room where you find this little girl who's been running around, and uh, she... A big creature crawls out from her mouth, basically, killing the little girl. Yeah. And then you fight the big creature, basically the game's end boss. And uh, then you have the, the girl, and you think, well, if I take this to the machine, put it into the machine, then maybe it can work. Because at that point, you don't know it has to be a live specimen. Yeah. Right? Well, it makes sense. It should be. But you basically put it in the machine that says, no, you need a live specimen to get Timmy back to life. Right. So at that, that point, another section opens up, and you move into that, you go around, and you find a control room. You get to the very top of this structure, and you can see the big electromagnetic ray gun there pointed at the sky on top of this uh, cliff, and yeah. there's a computer console, and it's giving you the option to use that thing to take down another plane, and on the screen of the computer, you can see it's identified that there are several children on this plane. Oh, let me. so let me guess. The guy who abducted your son was actually someone in the same situation, and the girl was his daughter, and he probably brought Quite. her back to life, and she probably killed him. That's quite possible, but you don't necessarily know that. I don't know that yeah. yet. Perhaps I haven't looked at all the evidence, but there are videotapes, there are cassette tapes, there are newspaper cuttings, there are photos, yeah. which might make you believe that that, that that does sound like it could be correct. So you're given the choice. You can bring this plane down and yeah. potentially there's someone who's going to survive. You bring them back. And then save your But kids. obviously it goes wrong, I yeah. think, because that machine doesn't necessarily work. So if you were to do that... Yeah, you're killing children, first yeah, of all, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is not Which is right. like the whole and... reason that you've done this thing. And yes, like yeah, that's it. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, you, you're put in this situation where you can choose either between doing that or in the corner of the room, on top of a, a, a bin that's turned upside down, there's another computer that says emergency shutdown. So it's like, obviously you're going to do that. And we had a vote amongst ourselves. Yeah. And we says, what? Well, it's not right to kill the children to bring Timmy back. Yeah. So we did emergency shutdown, shut down the whole thing. We got out back into the wilderness where you look, there's a shortcut scene where you look at your photo with Timmy and you burn it with your lighter. Yeah. Because the lighter is a huge part of the game, use it getting through the um, caves and stuff. So it's very symbolic of the forest. So yeah. you use a lighter to burn the photo, it drifts off. Then the game has opened up again. You're, you're, you're still stuck on the island, but yeah. you've actually got to the end of that story point you've beaten the final boss i'd be interested to find out what happens if you did bring the plane down which i could probably easily look up up online but i imagine it's not good i imagine it doesn't work and it's you know that ethically you can't make that into a positive no i don't think you you can and to be honest with you i would i would imagine the gate well uh, who knows like does the game punish you for doing that? Do you get like the bad ending? Do you? I think I think Timmy would come back, but he'd come back and something would go wrong. You'd yeah. have to end up killing him. Yeah, probably. But who knows? Because I've not looked it up. Okay, but, uh, interesting. Uh, I found the whole experience to be really cool. I mean, the game isn't sort of a high-end game. There's moments of extreme slowdown. If you ever blow up a wall in the forest, the game will 
grind to a halt. Yeah. You know, it's not a technical marvel by any means, but it can look quite nice in the wilderness and cool. the, the, bri- the, the breeze wafting through the trees and such and some of the game's lighting and like environments do look quite good. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not quite as good as that. Animation in, in the forest is a bit stiff and a bit weird, but uh, yeah. I find it's been one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had for quite some time. Being able to play it cooperatively was uh, really fantastic. It's a real emphasis on teamwork and giving each other people objects that they might need to heal themselves. And and it's also very contemporary. It's that sort of experience without sort of like the fantasy look. A lot of these games are fantasy-based. This is a very real-world kind of thing. Obviously, until it gets a bit more far out near the end. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can highly recommend The Forest, but I, I wouldn't think it would be quite as much fun playing through on your own. I imagine yeah. quite difficult. But uh, get together some friends and... Yeah, it's a great experience. Sounds cool. How how many hours do you say would you say? You oh yeah, well quite a few. I mean, we were playing three hours a night probably. Okay. We've done this for weeks, so I can't think how many weeks now. So twelve hours or more, possibly. Potentially, the game gone forever because you could. We we initially spent a lot of time just messing around building things which yeah. you can do. But for the game's story, maybe, maybe about 12 hours, perhaps you could probably do it. And we had a few setbacks. If you die, uh, you go back to the, the plane where you start from, and then you've lost all your items, so then you have to go and retrieve your items. So certain things like that can slow down the, the okay. pace a little. And you've also got to find the right caves to yeah, get to places. Yeah. So you might end up going online to look for and where it, the right caves and are. And it's not procedurally generated, right? So the caves will always be no. in the right place. Okay. No, and enemies uh, don't come... Big enemies don't come back. So okay. there, there, are, there are different types of enemies, more deadly enemies. Once you've beat the big guys, they won't return. Some of the smaller enemies will come back. So, yeah. It, it's a fascinating game. It's one of the most interesting things I've played in, in quite Wild. some time. It sounds interesting. I like that morality aspect. There you go, the forest. Well. I've been waiting to talk about that for weeks, but uh, there you have You've it. wrapped it up. Look at that. You actually beat a game. Like that, this game held your interest in it. With friends. I, I do friends finish games usually if I play it cooperatively. Yeah. Um, amazing experience, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is absolutely chucking it down outside. I need to go let my cats in, so I'm going to wrap okay. up this podcast, Tom. I know you. Yeah, we're to coming up Shenmue. to an hour. We did briefly well, talk can, about I... Yakuza, so we ticked that box. It's fine. Well, we can do that next time. Uh, we can also talk about a way out, which is another cooperative game I've been playing. I haven't completed it yet, though, so yeah. maybe we'll see. Well, maybe that. by next time you will have. I, I hear it's not maybe. that long. Yeah. No, yeah. I would perhaps. be curious to see. Okay. Right, if you've enjoyed this podcast, there's a variety of places you can find us on that there internet. It's on facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack. We are on blastprocess.com where you can also listen to the podcast as it's posted on generally Mondays after this podcast goes up on Sundays. But you can listen to the podcast on tomandmattattack.com forward slash podcast in Stitcher and in iTunes. When you're in iTunes, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Let us know you're listening, etc., etc. The cat is literally bounding towards the window. He can't wait to come in. So I'm going to open this. I love how your cat comes in through the window. He has to, Tom. It's really raining. <laughs> oh, there we go. He's springing in now. You will, Tom Parry will see him probably walk past in a second, but no, his, his head's just above. We, if we could get a meow into the mic, wouldn't that be exciting uh, for a would... podcast to feature a cat? 
taxi the cat, no less. I don't think it will happen, but there we go. I see the arse I can the see cat. his bum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Twitter.com uh, is where we also are. Sorry, random cat tangent. Um, you can find Tom at TomParry11. I'm myself at Matt Game Boyle, and obviously the two of us combined are at TMA Cast. Now, Tom, <laughs> do you have anything coming up this week? Uh, yeah, there's a, there'll be a arcade stick review for the uh, Venom PS4, PS3 arcade stick that I've I've put together. A little review of that. Ooh la la! Uh, you could I continue to play Shenmue Three as a live stream. We're doing that uh, every Friday for the last two weeks. I might continue doing that because I'm really I don't feel like I can now not stream the game when I play it yeah. because I'm I eventually I might have a complete playthrough of Shenmue 3 well, the trousers. that would be nice <laughs> but yeah that's what I'm kind of working towards uh, so yes you can see my latest exploits in, in of Shenmue 3 uh, on Blast Process YouTube channel yeah okay that's yeah. cool. Um, you can find me at uh, Gimboil on YouTube. I will be doing Godzilla, as I said. Um, I've posted up the first game, Godzilla slash Gojira-kun, um, which mm. is uh, an interesting little puzzle game. Not the best, perhaps, but the Japanese I version... I learned a lot about that, yeah. You were about to say it. Sorry, I interrupted you. I the say. Japanese version is, is the one to get, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Um, I picked that up, actually, from our good friend Adam at Games World Bobbin. Um, fascinating they can be so different it's nuts i just uh, i've seen a few comments already i haven't replied to them yet so if you're a subscriber on youtube and you've made this comment apologies but people are like why would they make the game worse in localization and i just i just can't (laughs) fathom it like i can get taking the multiplayer out i can get changing the sprite but like in order for them to change the sprite to get rid of the jean jacket they must have just hired someone who didn't really know what they were doing. And, like, something they did to that sprite must have made the game run slower. I just don't understand uh, it. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's... it's night and day, isn't it? Yeah. But watch Matt's video. Uh, it's great. Yeah, yeah, and this week there will be... Well, actually, probably within the next couple of days, because July's a very short month when you wait to the last week to post content. <laughs> um, I will be uploading a game called uh, Kaiju Godzilla, which is uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is kind of a side-scrolling beat-em-up Godzilla game, but kind of not. Mm. Well, kind of, I'm interested. Kind of kaiju chess. It, it's really odd. It is is the slowest side-scrolling beat-em-up I have ever played, and yet it feels the most true to a, like Godzilla that I've I've ever played. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a really odd yeah. game. Cool. Well, I look forward to that, Matt. Yeah, and then I'll I'll have the crawfish ones up as well, probably at the end of the week as well. But uh, they're not very good, <laughs> so don't look forward to them. But look forward to the video at least. Okay, cool. Thank you very much, as always, Tom Parry, for chatting with me on this wonderful Sunday morning. And thank you, listener, for having us in your ears for this hour and a bit. Until next week, though, everybody, be sure, as always, to game on. Game on.